welcome into another episode of the Dropkick Basement, where we talk about the history and the uh, the splendor of the world of professional wrestling. My name is Mike Madden. Uh, i giving myself a gimmick name here. I'm the franchise of the Dropkick Basement, and uh, I could not do this without my two co-hosts, uh, so I've got Certified Five. Uh, Matt Geiger. Matt, how are you today? Uh, feeling and looking like a five. That's why you're certified. <laughs> you are certified here. five. And uh, the appropriately nicknamed uh, No Gimmicks Needed, the gimmickless Tommy Schultz. Tommy, how are you tonight? Well, I guess I'm not in the tournament. You're not too bad. Little, uh... Little little sidebar here. We're we're in the final four. You haven't been in the tournament the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I was excluded. Listen, we we mentioned your uh, your backyard wrestling uh, persona in the last oh, episode. I had, I had quite a few of them, and uh, well, one of them we we mentioned. So uh, <laughs> so when we do the uh, the we do the Mount Rushmore of uh, of backyard gimmicks. What, uh, what was the name? Be be cool. Be thuggin. Be thuggin. Jesus Christ, that's so good. So it's a, a mixture of Coco Beware and Be Rad. <laughs> Essentially, I was, I was, I was John Cena. He was, yeah. And I just wore, uh, I wore a, um, uh, a, uh, a Patrick Ewing Georgetown jersey. Oh shit! Oh, that's a that's a good jersey. Um, <laughs> that's solid, dude. <laughs> and solid. Uh, and my my finishing move was. Uh, the Thug and Shuffle, which was a mixture no. of a leg drop and the five knuckle shuffle. No, I don't obviously so you would hit the rope, do the, the do the thing, the hand thing, and then drop a, a leg. Fist, drop the fist with the leg. Oh, so I no. so punch him in dropping the, dropping the face the as I drop the leg. Drop, oh, inside, man. In the inside of the leg. That's pretty I I have to say with dexterity. I, I thought it could be better, but with, with yeah, with the with the explanation <laughs> of it, I, I'm kinda buying into it. You it, might have to uh, trademark that move and uh, charge royalties. Yeah. Yes. I also had a a, uh, a gimmick um, where I was a maniac. Or no, um, it was uh, what the fuck was his name? Oh, shit. Now I can't remember. But essentially, it was <laughs> yeah. it was like oh Billy Business, and I came oh, out I like to, this. I came, <laughs> I came out to taking care of business. Yes. Oh. Uh, and I wore like a dress shirt. And uh, a tie, and I slicked my hair back. Oh, you were you were you could have been in the York Foundation. Yeah, and I wore <laughs> I wore a pair of fake glasses, and I would just come out, and I would you're, stare you're at the camera, of, and I'd say, "I ah, mean business." Ah, I mean business. <laughs> Shit. You're, you're Shit. a mixture of IRS and CPA. Uh, yeah, I love this. I was CPA before there was a this CPA. This is great. <laughs> this is uh, the only the only gimmick I ever I, I remember. Um, I was in like a trampoline wrestling league with a couple of my buddies and we didn't like record it or anything. We just like kind of wrestled each other in the, on the trampoline at my buddy's house. How shows. And I, yeah, I, I think my name was like headache and my finishing move was Advil. Oh, gross. <laughs> it was not, it was not, fucking, it was not good, dude. Headache. It was not, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I give you guys every episode. I was going to say like, you know what? You, you live the gimmick. Um, but yes, we are. We're finally in the finals of the tournament. A gimmick. We hope that you all have stuck with us through the last 
you know, four plus episodes uh, where we've. I'm just happy that they made it through my episode. We've basically whacked the pinata of uh, of pro wrestling gimmicks and seen what falls out. Uh, good ones, bad ones, icky ones, gross ones. Uh, we've really pushed mop. through, and a mop and a wood chipper and. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Please, please don't uh, throw me the wood chipper. <laughs> Uh, so definitely, um, you know, get ready, f- get ready for our uh, our final four of uh, of the tournament of gimmicks. Uh, and if you do, obviously, if you if you like what we're doing, um, make sure to give us a rate uh, on your favorite podca- uh, podcast app. Five stars would be awesome. Um, certified five stars. Certified five stars. Uh, drop a review in there. There's a bunch of reviews that are popping up now. Um, and then subscribe like any platform that you're listening to this. So you get alerts, so you get, you know, up to date, um, you know, notifications for when a new episode drops. I mean, we're here every other week, but sometimes it's a Friday, sometimes it's a Thursday. So, uh, we, we kind of, uh, you know, we, we want you to, to get the notifications and subscribe, um, whether that's iTunes, Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, good pods, which I actually really like good pods. It's a, that's a fun platform. You get to like rank your own, uh, podcast, uh, shows and, and kind of share that within the community. Um, you can find us on Google podcasts on audible, uh, iHeartRadio, and then Samsung and your, uh, your, uh, Alexa devices as well. Just yell, uh, dropkick basement in there. And, uh, that should get you everything that you need. But without further ado, Tournament of Gimmicks, uh, well, yeah, Final um, Four. Thank, thanks to everybody for listening. It really, it's it's fun to do this with you guys, regardless. But it, it means a lot when we have people listening. So thank you guys. Very That's much. for sure. That's for sure. So um, let's get after it, uh, Tommy. We had mentioned on the last episode that uh, that you put together like a uh, kind of a matchup bracket for us to uh, to look at as we uh, as we go through this. So if you don't mind. Uh, let us know once again what the uh, what the matchups will be for the final four. So as you know, if you've listened to the last uh, four shows, we've had uh, the tournament of gimmicks rank uh, rolling through, you know, decades in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, modern times, a little bit of miscellaneous in there. So um, as to not have, uh, you know, mo- I would say most of um the the gimmicks that made it into uh the final four kind of cross crossed over decades they were tran- mm-hmm. transcendent um oh. of the time that they were born so we we kind of tried to pin the final four to where they're not you know facing off against uh gimmicks that they may have rubbed against yes so we have yes. the 80s mm-hmm. which mike that was mine Yep. Was did the eighties. That is the Ugandan giant Kamala. Kamala. Yes. Who will be taking on to two thousands Geiger. So eloquently chose Shark Boy. Shark Boy. Perfect choice. Well we all chose Shark Boy. That's true. Well, yes. True. Team effort there. That's right. Congratulations. But including Shark Boy in your in your list. I mean, you you chose him. You yeah. You knew by putting right. by ranking him in there. You and did. That's it. fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. And then on the other side of the bracket, we have uh, the '90s, which um, that was my show, 
And uh, Doink made it through to the final four. Excellent. Doink and of the modern era slash miscellaneous uh, gimmicks, mm-hmm. uh, wild card that made it through through different eras, um, the Invisible Man will be facing off against Doink <laughs> on the other side of the bracket of the final four. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, let's what we're gonna do is is we're gonna kind of um, Matt and I will will advocate for our wrestlers and the gimmick. Uh, kind of make a brief statement. Then we will all three of us will have a uh, an opportunity to vote. Obviously, it, more or less like Tommy's gonna be the deciding vote on this one. Uh, and then on the other side of the bracket, I will argue for the Invisible Man, and Matt will be the one that decides between the Invisible Man and Doink the Clown based on the arguments that we make. This is a uh, this is going to be a fun debate, and whoever makes the most sense, trust your gut as well. But whoever makes the most sense, that we get to the final two, and then I think we can all uh, basically have an agreement uh, on the greatest gimmick of the tournament of gimmicks once we get done with this. So. Um, uh, Matt, I'm going to cede the uh, the opening argument to you on this one. Uh, Shark Boy. Okay. Um, so probably the least. Uh, oh no, I'd say the second lesser known out of the uh, out of the guys in the final four. Um, <clears throat> standing at a whopping five foot ten, two hundred and five pounds, build from the deep blue sea. Build from the deep sea, build from deep under the sea, and build from twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I present to you guys, Shark Boy, and um, like we said in uh, in the previous episode, Shark Boy was uh, basically a TNA original. Um, he made his debut in WCW in ninety nine before they folded. He was on a couple of uh, uh, Saturday night WCW shows. What was that Saturday night main event? I believe. No, no, yeah. just. WCW Saturday Night. WCW uh, Saturday Night, yeah. WCW Saturday Night. And he was on a couple of episodes of uh, Thunder and Nitro as well. Um, But definitely better known for... Better known for his time in TNA. Uh, It doesn't... Like I, if we're talking about gimmicks, this guy embellished the gimmick and he, and he, he made it his. And there's no other variation of... Hit, uh, uh, what was this gentleman's name again? Uh, Dean uh, Dean Roll. There's right. no other variation yeah. of him in wrestling besides Shark Boy. It is Shark Boy or nothing. That's We've seen point. different variations or iterations of Shark Boy, but it is just Shark Boy. He he took the gimmick on and he did it so well. He had the stone. Uh, he had the the Shark Boy chummer instead of the Stone Cold Stunner. He said, "Oh shell yeah!" instead of "Oh hell yeah," you know, like. Uh, uh, Shark Boy three sixteen says, "I just whooped your bass." Like he he really embodied all of it. Uh, we talked about his mask. Like if he was hurt, he had he had band aids on it, and sometimes it rolled to the right. If he was like disappointed or or uh, or sad, um, it he he embodied TNA and carried TNA, uh, not carried per se, but like really really took on and 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 helped uh, with propping TNA up into the role, you know, it might not have been the most prominent role when it comes to the other companies, but um, helping elevate TNA to, uh, I would say, higher than ind- independent wrestling. 
Okay. All right. I think he hit a lot of the uh, the, the main points to uh, to Shark Boy. All right. I or think it's. Uh, oh, also. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. It's also worth noting on March seventh, which happens to be my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, two thousand four. He opened up a school named the Shark Tank. Oh, he has a wrestling school. Or is it a school he of fish? I thought you. I thought you would have lost on that one. All right. Um, God, um, so many also, puns. I just found this out from uh, scrolling through. Um, Stone Cold chugs beers. Shark Boy chugs clam juice. Clam juice. That's right. That was. Oh, that. Oh shit. God oh. damn. He's he's kind of he's he's, <laughs> he's hard to beat. Uh, is it my turn now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Go right. ahead, buddy. So good, good luck. For the 1980s, uh, you have the podium. The podium, my time. Uh, I am here in defense of uh, the Ugandan giant or the Ugandan headhunter, Kamala. Um, a man who can't really speak for himself in the 80s. Uh, let me just say that. So, Kamala uh, built from deepest, darkest uh, Uganda. Uh, he was, he, there was a previous iteration. He was, uh, a big Jim Harris or Sugar Bear Harris before he uh, before he adopted the gimmick of Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter or the Ugandan giant, I should say. Um, started in Memphis around 1982. Uh, was based off of, I think they had said at one point that he was the bodyguard for Idi Amin of Uganda, um, but still kind of held like the savage instinct and the savage um, like demeanor where, you know, he really didn't know how to wrestle. He just knew how to like punch, kick, fight, you know, jump, you know, jump up and down Um, for a man, his size, he had a lot of agility. So he would do like the splits sometimes, or he would do like a, you know, kind of a big, like jump and touch his toes thing um, to kind of prove that he had dexterity. Uh, he was a perfect gimmick for the eighties when it came to the territory days. Uh, so I mentioned before that he started in Memphis in 82, his first vignettes, um, where there's a voiceover guy and he's telling you about Kamala. This man is a savage. This man is untamed, untamable. Um, and they're all shot in Jerry historically in Jerry Jarrett's backyard in, uh, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, with a lot of smoke and and tall trees around, uh, so he goes from Memphis to world class, and he's under the tutelage of Skandor Akbar. He always had his manservant Friday, who was the actual person that could speak Ugandan dialect to him, and get him to understand what he needed to do. Wrestle, um, made his way to the World Wrestling Federation, uh, like had a big run with Hogan. In uh in eighty six and eighty seven, um, they did huge business because here's Hulk Hogan, you know the heavyweight champion of the world and the the American Idol, and here is your uh, wild man that's taking him on, uh, you know the the savage that 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 he could fight. Uh, had feuds with Andre the Giant, um, you know in a couple different territories, fought. All the Von Erichs in world class for a couple different runs was in mid south. So again, it was it was if you wanted to make money and you wanted to have a gimmick that scared people, that was ultimately very entertaining across the board. Uh, you brought in Kamala 
and Kamala made you a ton of money and then got the hell out of there uh, within a year or two and never overstayed his welcome. Uh, a lot of it because he didn't like the payoffs that he was getting. But uh, eventually we got to the 90s and Kamala learned how to speak uh, when he turned babyface. Uh, thanks to he learned how to speak in bowl. Uh, thanks to Reverend Slick. Um, but then he regrouped his uh, his Ugandan savage ways, uh, joined the Dungeon of Doom eventually, um, and, you know, really had, like, a memorable... And I think one thing I didn't touch upon was the gear and the look that came with Kamala, uh, the face paint, the stars and the moon that were painted on his chest and belly, uh, he had the big giant wooden mask, uh, which was the tribal mask uh, that uh, that brought him along, and he had the staff and the or or like a spear almost. Um, so very intimidating, very scary, and definitely somebody that was like, you know, he's gonna he's gonna make a, a you know make a name for himself in the company because he's unique and he was huge and he was greatly over. So uh, that is. In a nutshell, my feelings about the Ugandan giant Kamala. Okay, another, so another set of great points. Thank you. Um, can I just rebuttal or try to counter argue um, why my guy should go over and not Kamala? Okay, please. So now this is just strictly. I'm not saying that Kamala wasn't a great character because he is an iconic character. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most memorable characters from my childhood, one of the most memorable gimmicks from my childhood. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking just solely on the fact that I want Sharkboy to win this matchup, um, Kabbalah's character is racist. Oh, okay. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, but it was a time where like we ignored the racism and we re realized that, that this is um... – I guess it's okay because Freddie Blassie or they gave him a, a wooden witch doctor's mask that had nothing to do with Uganda. That's a good point. It's a good point. Okay. All right. Can I, can I make a counter, uh, counter argument? Are oh. you going to say, it? I have can't ever, wait to hear this. Tommy. Have you ever seen the movie blackfish? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's about, it's Dark about Boy, racism towards fish. Dark boy was, put into a bubble that yeah. he could not roam freely from the wrestling <laughs> bubble. He also, um, he needs to be in his natural habitat. Here, here's my, my favorite thing on the planet. So this, this, all right. So this is my counterpoint to shark boy. Uh, he successfully sued, uh, a, a movie studio who had a, a oh. children's movie that was called shark boy and lava girl. And, our friend, uh, low-level uh, indie worker Shark Boy, won that lawsuit and got them to stop making those movies. And he got a payment. He got like a settlement payment from it. So he made a lot of money. He, didn't, I, I, he probably made I, more money in his in his wrestling career than Kamala did. Let's put it that way. Um, those movies were terrible. Well, listen, we're not here to debate the movies. We're here to debate. Uh, I know. Another counter argument to Shark Boy. Tommy's just randomly picking a cat up. <laughs> yeah, my buddy wanted to make an appearance. Right, very good. Um, Shark Boy did oh. not put out a uh, an album. An album. That's of, true. 
of uh, very uh, sultry singing. Some would say it's soul music. Others would say yeah. it's country music. So it's country soul. Yeah. Hey, but Mike. that was that was Sugar Bear Harris. That was Jim Harris. That wasn't Kamala. If Kamala would would have sang right. so, an oh, album, listen, um, I'm, I'm asking for Ooh. that evidence to be excluded from the uh, from the. <laughs> Yes, Strict, stricken from right. the records. All right, all right. Also, also, Mike, um, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy's new gimmick is uh, Tommy Hart because uh, he has a cat. Oh, he j- yeah, he just did a Teddy Hart move. Uh, yeah, this is not a video podcast. No, I want no association no. with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the only the only difference, Tommy, is you didn't punch your cat across the room. It's true. Yeah, you didn't teach your cat to do a, a turnbuckle spot. Anyway, or let's give, or give it Xanax <laughs> so it can stay at a GCW show for four hours while you fucking drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the decision is now on Tommy's shoulders. You've heard the arguments. How decide? How do you decide? The dead air. Tommy, do the right thing, buddy. The dead air is terrific. So, so this is this is this is a tough one. If I'm going to be honest with you, okay. because right. there's one that I mean, if we're going to be honest, made a pretty uh, pretty big stamp um, in the course of the wrestling industry that probably spanned almost three decades. Mm-hmm. And I know Shark Boy started in the nineties and then made his <laughs> Touche. Touche. You stole my thunder because I was gonna say, and then there's Kamala. Yeah, yeah. Shark <laughs> Shark Boy. I gotta go Shark Boy. Oh, all right. Let's go. Right. Shark Boy goes through Shark Boy in the final two. All right. All right. You guys can't see it, but I just did the LeBron James down in my room. Decision, decision well made. Also, still not a video podcast. So, um, Listen, uh, yeah. Um, well, because then everybody would have saw the cat. They would have saw me eating a bag of potato chips. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a whole thing. <laughs> um, okay. Now, to be to be fair, to be fair, Kamala is definitely a generational like he supersedes like you know people people older than my my father know who kamala is yes. and people younger than me know who kamala is 100 yes. and if, yeah. if we're talking about um who made the biggest impact on uh <laughs> on wrestling impact. <laughs> impact yeah yeah then you would have to go with kamala but if we're going strictly based off the off a gimmick gimmick yep shark boy is uh a top all time he's a great gimmick he's a great gimmick no doubt about it all right i will i will take my defeat like a man i will rally now i'm gonna let tommy uh you uh open up your argument for doink the clown in the year 1992 we saw an evil clown make its debut in the world wrestling federation causing terror to children and playing pranks on baby faces across the company. Now, while the Doink run may not have had the highest of highs and may have had some very low lows, and 
may have been played by various workers such as Matt Bourne, Ray Apollo, Steve Kern, Steve Lombardi, and hundreds <laughs> across the independent scene. I would toss a thousands in there, but we're talking gimmicks, correct? The gimmick of Doink the Clown is held to no man. The gimmick it's, it's of not the Doink guy, the Clown. Oh. The gimmick of Doink the Clown can be played by anyone. R.I.P. Alabama Doink. <laughs> Doink literally transcends the man that created it or the men that played it. Doink, to this day, is portrayed on independent shows across the country. It's brought back up in gimmick battle royals. And there are people making money off this gimmick to this day and possibly could be making gimmick money off this gimmick until the end of time because it is a timeless gimmick. Regardless of who plays it or where where it's being shown, whether that's on Monday Night Raw or in a VFW in somewhere in Wisconsin, there's going to be a five-year-old that's got a Polaroid picture that they paid $10 for with a man in spandex and bad makeup. <laughs> I rest my case. Okay. All right. Here we go. So I have a feeling about something and we'll just continue. But uh, that's the, that's the argument for doing the clown. Uh, right. I will. Uh, now my wrestler uh, for the current decade or the, the modern era, so to speak is not, let me paint the picture. It's not a wrestler as much as it is the concept of an event. So the invisible man in the context of GCW uh, version of the invisible man, um, this is, and we touched upon this when, when we covered it and, and we added it to the, uh, to the, the modern day gimmicks uh, back a couple episodes ago. It's really more, watching the various matches at the that were both that were billed with the invisible man and the work that Bryce Remsburg more or less like Joey Janela's you know idea of he's going to wrestle the invisible man and Bryce being the referee that is totally committed to following along um counting invisible falls you ramp that up to the audience who's in attendance for these shows who completely commit to it. So it, it transcends not just, you know, a, you know, like a concept, an idea for one time only, but it also becomes a piece of art in the sense that the audience is buying into it. So more or less like it's a, it, it's a full experience that you're with the invisible man um, and then eventually the magnus opus of this whole thing, which was 
the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Stan, uh, which is, you know, really it's Bryce Remsburg, who's currently one of the lead officials in AEW, but it's one of his, like, greatest performances of all time. And, like, again, referees don't get the the, the love that they deserve. So to watch this uh, this match and this this piece of art is really, like, it's something extremely unique in pro wrestling that uh, and it also encapsulate encapsulates what a gimmick is and what a gimmick concept can be. You know, yeah, you have crowd participation in, in a lot of indies where they're counting falls or they're going along with a slow motion spot in PWG where everybody's clapping and chanting slowly like that. That was kind of the, the birth of the crowd participation stuff where everybody bought into it. Visible man versus invisible stand is the culmination of it. And it's, you know, it's the blind table spot that they do. It's, you know, it's the jumping off of the second balcony, all of the, all of the sort of, you know, the impressive like improvisations that, that Bryce has to do and, and certain people that are involved with it. You know, even if you go back to like some of the times an invisible man won a battle royal, like you've got a group of people that are around that are that are, you know, basically playing out their parts. So, you know, is it necessarily a wrestler? Not necessarily. Um, um but I'd, it is I'd like to counter argue. It's that a thing. Hold quick. on. I'm sorry. Well, no, you've got to you've got to make a decision once we're done. So no, no, no I know, but uh I just want to make a point that the invisible man is a person. You just can't see I him. just can't see him, yes. Right. That's only, only the the possessor, the possessor of the invisible man glasses can see the invisible man and invisible stand. That's an that that's an excellent point. But that's that's really like where this is going is that you've got to be a true believer to understand it. It appeals to a very indie sensibility and a hey, we're in on the joke thing. That I think many many gimmicks are are kind of bathed in this. So. That's my argument for the Invisible Man and or the Invisible Stan. Listen, they were both very good arguments. Um, Here's do we we also counterpoint. Uh, so I'm just going to jump in real fast and Pearl Harbor Tommy with my counterpoint on Doink the Clown. Um, we touched upon this in the 90s episode. It got very, very watered down and very corny after Matt Bourne left it. Matt Bourne uh, was the heart and soul of Doink the Clown. And uh, although you say you can see him in an indie now and a kid will take a Polaroid with it, I guarantee that's the happy Doink the Clown, which is bullshit. So, Very good point, Michael. The Invisible Man's not real. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Touche. Here's the thing, right? Um, so, th- listen, you guys both did a very good job of um, really uh, explaining and standing up for, and uh, you know, what you're bringing to the table between the Invisible Man and Doink the Clown. With that being said, what it boils down to is uh, the gimmick itself and and, and um, the 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 long lasting longevity of what we have here, right? Because mm-hmm. essentially, there's there's 
probably uh, at least a couple of hundred people listening to us right now that have no fucking clue who the Invisible Man is, right? Course, yeah. Um, and I would listen. I would. I would. I would implore you guys to go watch uh, Joey Janela versus the Invisible Man, and then Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Those are both phenomenal matches. I've shown those matches to people at like that uh, to like, uh, for instance, like uh, one of my buddies at work who used to be into wrestling and kind of got out of it. And he laughed so hard at it that he started watching, um, you know, like some of the, some AEW stuff now. Uh, um, and like, is trying to reintroduce himself a little bit more to wrestling. And, and it's almost like, uh, the, the niche that GCW had for that, that gimmick and, and how well they played it up and, and hyped it up. And like, it was a main event at, Joey Janela spring break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, that's amazing. But that being said, um, Doink the Clown to me epitomizes what it is to have the gimmick in pro wrestling. Whether it's the good version, the bad version, whoever's wearing the the, the makeup, like Chris Jericho was fucking Doink the Clown for Christ's sakes. Mm. But with that being said, like if we're talking about most iconic gimmicks of all time, it it has to be Doink the Clown. So I'm I'm going Doink on this one. Okay, all right. Again, Over to Mike. Another another stunning loss <laughs> uh, on my side. Mike, you're over two here, buddy. I might not be arguing the right way for my uh, for my gimmick wrestlers, but that's fine. Um, I mean, Tommy just looked right into the Zoom camera and said, "Not so real." <laughs> this is right, yeah. Well, and then, and, you, then you earlier had said, uh, "Let's be honest, Kamala is racist." Okay, <laughs> two things yeah, that I, I two, two things that argument. I can't really argue you can't against. Those ah. Kamala, Kamala, the yeah. character is the the person is not racist. The character, the invention of the character, was racist. So because now, because and listen, to be fair, you were right because at that point in time. America was still a very racist country. Yes. Yes. So how do they you get? It was how fine. do you get the? How do you get the popular white guy over? You put him in the ring with the black guy. It's no. it's that simple. He wasn't just a black guy. He was a he was a Ugandan Well, a black savage. guy that doesn't speak English is even more easy. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. He's a jungle so, savage. Anyway, um, now that pulls us to our our championship round, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna go now, first. I'm go, I'm wait. I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was just thinking. Before we give the people what they want, yes, give me what I want. Should we? Should we kind of recap maybe some of the people that were were missed and left out? Definitely, yeah. There honorable honorable mentions. There's some honorable mentions. Um, like right off the top of my head, there's there's three that probably could have been part of this. Um. I think we mentioned him in the '80s episode, but Brutus Beefcake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, yeah, is an ultra gimmick uh, for the mere fact that he constantly talked about cutting hair. He was bad at cutting hair. He would give you a <laughs> shit haircut um, when he first he became would have a shit match. He would have a shit match. He would do the sleeper hold, and he would uh, instead of gently waking you up after the haircut, he would slap your neck. After the haircut, uh, jarring you awake, which uh, could be very dangerous to do to somebody, um, cutting and strutting, and uh, 
very much like Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, I can't really get behind a gimmick where you're bad at your job and we're supposed to cheer you uh, because you're giving <laughs> shitty haircuts to people. Yeah, you're giving shitty haircuts to Ron Bass, who had shitty hair to begin with. But uh, if we're talking about, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. I never saw him give a good haircut. So Brutus the Barber Beefcake may in uh, in future tournaments may show up here uh, as a as a tournament of gimmicks participant in the future. But uh, so if we're gonna if him. we're gonna talk about. Um, we're going to talk about guys that were bad at their job and, and uh, the gimmick. Uh, let's talk about Repo Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Gosh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think I've ever seen him repo anything. He repossessed Randy Savage's hat. Yes. His cowboy hat. Um, did he have a lean on the hat? <laughs> he came in towards the hat? Excellent. Well, I mean, he did have <laughs> a excellent lot of points. hats. <laughs> he did have a lot of hats. Yeah, but like so, this one. So he may have missed the payment on on one of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Um, and not only that, but like it was like it was like they didn't dress him as a repo man. They dressed him as a cat burglar. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it just nothing really added up. He also had a he had the jacket that had the tire sewn onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like came around with like a hook. He did. He had a grapple. He had a grappling hook. He, there was a grappling <laughs> hook, not like not like a re- not a like toe hook. Yeah, hook the, like he had the he had to come over yeah, your it fence. Was a, it was a grappling <laughs> hook, like one of which that Batman would use. Yeah. God. Man, um, repo the repo great. man was the repo man was my grandfather's favorite wrestler. Yes. <laughs> yes. For we, whatever we did reason. talk about that. We did talk about that in the Lost Files. <laughs> I, I like out of all things, I wish that was the one thing that we got out of that episode. <laughs> Repo Man was good. Repo Man, I mean, it was, um, sh- was short lived too, if, if you think about it. Like, um, ninety two to ninety they four, ninety three. Anything they could think of at Barry Darso, <laughs> who was a solid worker. Um, uh, also, also, just also, go ahead. Speaking of Barry Darso, speaking of your obsession with wanting wanting to have a golfer, give he was a, he was hole a, in one. He was Mister Hole in One. Yeah, he was. <laughs> was it, that was WCW's um, answer to Mister Perfect, right? No, he was he was legit a golfer. He was just a bad guy. Go- he was like he was a an angry uh, like a, a an angry golfer. Yeah, yeah. He was also a fake Russian. The blacktop. The blacktop bully. The blacktop bully. Uh, he yeah he was a fake Russian crusher Khrushchev. Um, which was also Crusher Darso in uh, UWF. Um, I feel like there was like one more. Be, there was one more that there, there had to be another one. Yeah, I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't at least mention the goon. The goon, goon, great. Who essentially, just came down in in hockey skates and yeah, um, pulled people's shirts over their head and tried to hockey fight. Yes. Them. Yes, threw the gloves off, threw the stick. Um, Tommy, was there any? Was there anybody from the nineties that? I mean, listen, I had I know a list of fifty people. We talk, yeah, we <laughs> so. talked about like you could have done, done a fucking one hundred and sixty-four I mean, team. I, so I had a list of fifty bad gimmicks, and then I had a list of about fifteen ones that were actually like successful. Yeah. Okay. Can you um, give us? Can you give us two, like two or three bad gimmicks from the nineties? Two. Okay. Um. All right, let me let me uh, T L Hopper. Anyone familiar oh, with T L yeah. Hopper? Poor fucking 
Tony uh, Tony, Anthony, Tony Anthony, Dirty White Boy. The Dirty White Boy uh, became a uh, uh, an Bad. Evil plumber? He was a bad plumber. He was, <laughs> he was an he evil was a, plumber. He was a plumber that was covered in shit all the time. <laughs> He's Ma- Mario, if Mario actually took mushrooms. <laughs> oh, and I think he actually, like, licked the plunger, too. Like, that yeah, was... It was... So he had a oh, scat God. fetish. Um, we had a conglomerate of bad gimmicks uh, in WCW, the Dungeon of Doom. <sighs> Did the OD. Shark. I... I personally have like a soft spot in my heart. For, I love the Dungeon of Doom. It's at, such because idiots. it was so bad. <laughs> They're such idiots. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was just like just Brutus again. Brutus Beefcake. Zodiac. Yes. Zodiac. No. The shark. Shark. Um, Shit. Uh, yeah. The Taskmaster. I think Ming was in there. At Ming some was in point. there. He had a, a Asian uh, spike wow. gimmick. The, the giant. The Yeti. The Yeti. Uh, Yeti, the Yeti in and of itself. In and of itself, that's Fought great. Hulk Hogan to death at Halloween Havoc. Uh, King Curtis uh, was uh, was the was there too. Dungeon Master, Sullivan, I guess. my son. <laughs> um, the Mountie, Big Bubba was there. The Mountie's awesome. The Mountie's fucking awesome. The Mountie was a, a '90s gimmick, dude. I I could go through. There there are some. There were some good ones that if we really wanted to go down, like I know, yeah. Yeah, like make a list like Gold Dust, uh, Rick the Model Martell, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Perfect, Kane, Kane, yeah. Mr. Perfect, yeah. I mean, the narcissist Tugboat. Lex Luger, which I think Tugboat. was probably <laughs> the narcissist Lex Luger is sneaky, like maybe the best iteration of Lex Luger that we ever had. I I believe that to be true, Tommy. Because I really do. Otherwise, um, Lex Luger like, was adult. An adult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, all right. He was, like, he, he was just a good. Well, Yokozuna? Otherwise, he couldn't get over. Yeah. Yo, is Yokozuna a gimmick? Yeah, because yeah, he was Samoan. He was Samoan. He's a sumo. Playing wrestler. a sumo. So going, going, to, um, going to the 2000s, Mordecai, you can't. You got to talk yeah. about Mordecai. Yeah. Oh, um, that could have been good. I, I never I never really got it, but uh, <laughs> it was a thing. He was the white. He was the white angel version, uh, well, like sort of he like, was the, like the yeah, the you know, like right, right. I don't think he was like religious, but I think he was like the he was supposed to be the anti Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, right. It was like dark versus uh, dark versus light. Yeah, um, the uh, the dicks who were basically just oh. Chippendale dancers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, there were other dicks in uh, TNA that were yeah penises. Oh yeah, they mm-hmm. they were legit actual penises. dicks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they were called the Johnsons. Though. The Johnsons, that's what it was. The Johnsons. Yes, it was the Johnsons. Fuck you, Vince Russo. Um, I mean, we we talked about Kermit White, man. That was brutal. How about uh, uh I think we mentioned it like briefly in one of the episodes. Yeah. The right to censor? Yeah. Oh man. Right to censor, it could it had such potential to do good. They just like they 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 did nothing but just throw fucking shit bags into it. They had the worst people. Like, why was Bull Buchanan in right to censor? It's a great question. Great. They had nothing else to do with him. So, um, uh, also, if we're gonna talk about gimmicks that never picked up, you can talk about the Mean Street Posse. The uh, trash. I love that. I you love like that the Mean shit. Street Posse. I love the Mean Street Posse. They should have been because a one appearance thing, and then about, because um, it's they. But those guys were like they actually they. They tried for three guys who literally weren't wrestlers. <laughs> they they gave it their all. 
Uh, we had it just um, lasted we too had long. Dancing Heidenreich. Terrible. You. Heidenreich was god awful. I didn't. I no I recollection. I of this. still have no idea that that was no recollection of this. Um, I'm just kind of. Now, if if you want to what's real quick just to go more towards the modern era guys mm-hmm. um adam rose was fucking god awful oh yeah no way jose was it was a good it idea was, that never picked up steam no no way jose was basically spanish adam rose yeah it was like conga and a bunch of people in costumes that's like following fair. him around that's like fair. that's fair yeah that's fair uh there's um uh, paul Burchill. The pirate Paul the pirate Burchill. Burchill, which yeah. I'll I'll still say I, I thought was entertaining. Um, if you, if you want to look at like uh, the two thousands indie wrestling, you could just essentially just put Shakara in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> colony, uh, black ants, super yeah, colony, all the ants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I mean, all those guys went on to be like super successful. But the thing about Shakara was it was. Like you were there to develop a character so that because it, it, it mimicked like a comic book or a video yeah. game, so to speak. Like that was sort of like their lore. And then they would have like regular wrestlers like involved, but yeah. mostly it was like almost every match had some sort of a. Well, they so, put some. I, 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 I do truly believe that they put people under a mask so that they, <clears throat> you know, they could do the old Carney uh, gimmick of. We'll put you under a mask, but then we'll have you also wrestle. Let's work twice a, a night. Mask, yeah. And yeah. you get $5 for the I mask see, gimmick. I think $20 I think that, for the non-mask gimmick. I believe that they that they put them under the mask so that way no matter what, like you might know who that guy, like you, it would take people a while at that time. I mean, like yeah. I know the internet was out and shit, but it would take people a while to figure out who the guys under the mask were. But more, it's it's more for the company to be like, Oh, well, well, you yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys can continue Chikara. on. Yeah, you true. can continue on. True. But, well, I, I wasn't even thinking about it like that. That actually does make a lot of sense. But for from a, a standpoint of like, oh, my God, the red ant's really over. Well, you can only see the red ant at Shikara. Like, yeah, you, right. It's our like interle- Johnny Gargano is only wrestling as the red ant in Shikara. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a way to protect your in, in intellectual properties. Um, Flash Funk. Ugh. Yuck. Uh, uh, why? Why? I mean, they're Mark Marrow. Wild Man Mark well, Marrow or Wild Johnny Man Mark Marrow? Johnny B. Bad was Wild Man Mark Marrow. Johnny B. Bad was awesome. Johnny B. Bad was fun. Yeah, because in his theme song, he tells you he looks just like Little Richard. Um. <laughs> uh, uh. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. That was a terror. That was a, that, again. You're trying to give Steve Lombardi wins on TV and like. And you're making fun of a baseball strike, and it's like, all right, well, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz is here. <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's endless amounts of them uh, that you can naked think Midian. of. How about uh, gross naked Midian? I was on. <laughs> pull the curtain back a little bit. He was on my original bracket. Uh, of course, he would be. Um, um, who? Uh, so if we're talking like so NXT, I don't know how much you guys remember about um, NXT, but. Um, like the back Familiar. in the back in the day, like uh, CJ Parker was god awful. Well, that's yeah. also where Tyler Breeze came from, and Tyler Breeze as the like the vain Prince selfie Pretty. stick Prince Pretty, really fucking good. 
really was good, yeah. Yeah. really fucking good. But CJ Parker, not good. When he was the hippie. Uh, and and for yeah, for for those of you who don't know, CJ Parker is now Juice Robinson, uh, who gained crazy success when he left uh, NXT and went over to New Japan. Yes. Um, also, uh, Solomon Crow. Oh, yeah, he was, he I was, actually kind of like that. He was the hacker. Yeah, I thought that that was but kind he, of yeah, but a they but it only idea. lasted like it lasted two vignettes, and then they just put him out there as a crazy guy. Yeah, well, yeah, true. because there it's terrible writing. Yeah, they but it it was a good concept. They didn't finish uh, their Brodus, homework. Brodus Clay, Brodus Clay, and the Funkadactyls. That was co- that was covered in the uh, in in our uh, modern day. Mid two thousands. I'm glad I listened. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the clicks. But let's uh, let's put a bow on this one. All right. We finally right. we're down to the so the final the final matchup. Doink the clown um, versus Shark Boy. So Mike, you're gonna have the final say on this one, correct? Yes, because I'm I'm gonna I, assume that you're both gonna vote for your guy. And we've heard the arguments for both. My final decision, because uh, let's face it, uh, well, I'm, well, I'm just going to s- storm my way through this. No, no, no. no. Let me storm <laughs> my way through it. Uh, I'm voting for Doink the Clown. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, Sharkboy had his run. Um, it, he really, it really is like, it's such a good gimmick. Um, he did so well with it. But at the end of the day, like the argument that I made for Tommy before picking Doink the Clown, mm-hmm. like you can't, there, there's no way, like there's no legitimate way you would be able to pick Shark Boy. Over and, and that's what I would also agree with, because I think you don't say, if you say to somebody who's a pro wrestling fan, hey, off the top of your head, what's like a memorable gimmick in wrestling? They will say The Undertaker. And then you laugh and go, ha ha ha. And then it's like, oh no, wait. Doink the clown. So, I think there's a memorability to it. It still gets brought up. It still gets. Um, <clears throat> it's like the the highlight of, uh, sort of like meta. Uh, performance by Matt Bourne, the original Doink the clown, who was great. So I would I would concur that uh, that Doink the clown is the ultimate gimmick for the tournament of gimmicks i mean doink has it's it's gone through all so many iterations where the the original concept was just so good and so well performed then matt board had his issues and Mm -hmm. it's still it 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 was still serviceable of course it was yeah and then he threw dink in the matter Things got a little wonky. There's <laughs> more pies and faces at that point. But it went away for a little while. But it, but then it came onto the independent scene. Mm-hmm. And that's Dude, there's where, been so many revitalization revitalizations of regar- it. Regardless of of whether or not you think it's a good gimmick or a bad gimmick. It is a timeless gimmick. Iconic sure. gimmick. It's a time iconic. Point. Everyone, um, if you ask your parents, because they were watching wrestling 
you know, with you, they'll probably be like, oh, I remember Doink. Mm-hmm. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> but they Listen, remember To be it. fair, to be if, fair if my they... mom's favorite wrestler was Jerry Lawler, so she definitely remembers yeah. Doink. Exactly, Memphis. because he had like a year-long feud yeah, with him. forever. <laughs> uh, we'd also be remiss to not mention Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Stinky. Yes. Yeah, all those other <laughs> clowns are us. Uh, but, but Doink, it's just, it's it was a concept that was so ridiculous it worked. And in a, in a time love, where in a time where crazy gimmicks were, were all over the place and not getting over, he was the one that did get over. Mm-hmm. What I would love is to see the indie doinks revert back to the evil doink. Yes, bring the evil clowns. Clowns the, suck to begin with, so let's be bad you know, clowns. I, I know you. I know you want to sign your your uh, your eight by tens of Steve Lombardi dressed as Doink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sell your Polaroids and paint up a kid's face. But no. Throw a bucket of water on a fire. Exactly. And a real and bucket of water too. Fucking get some heat, let's, brother. Let's go. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Honk a horn in someone's face. Guys, I'm I'm very happy about how this how this whole bracket went. Um, it, it was it was so much fun to do this. Really, yes. Yeah. This 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 was a uh of an inspired piece by uh by the whole team here at uh at Dropkick Basement. Uh, feel free to check us out on X, formerly Twitter, uh, whatever gimmick whatever gimmick that is. Uh, at D Kick Basement. Feel free to throw in any gimmick wrestler that we missed. Yes. Don't yes. put don't put George the Animal Steel because George the Animal Steel started in the seventies. If this bracket had included guys from the seventies, George the Animal Steel might have won. But Doink the Clown is our winner. Um, and congratulations, uh, Tommy, on picking the uh, the true. Uh, best gimmick in wrestling. Well, honestly, I think Tommy deserves to win because he did 50, uh, 50 pages of research. <laughs> uh, right, and, and I did, and I did about seven seconds of research. And that's you know that that's really <laughs> uh, he's living the gimmick. That of, basically basically sums up uh, the dynamic. The thing is, podcast. when you're living without a gimmick, you that's, gotta you find get, you, one you gotta, to stick exactly. with. You gotta <laughs> you gotta honor the one the, honor the ones that are out there. So. Um, I'd also just want to briefly mention, um, we talked a lot about, if you go back and watch or, or, or listen to, uh, all four episodes, uh, now five episodes of the tournament of gimmicks. Um, if there's any of those wrestlers, like especially the indie wrestlers, um, that we mentioned, uh, in the two thousands and the, uh, in the, the modern era, um, pro wrestling tees, uh, buy a gimmick shirt, wear it for, you know your Halloween party um, and uh, and and just live the gimmick, so to speak. And uh, and, you know, if, if you could find a doink the clown shirt on pro wrestling tees, too, um, that would be great as well. But uh, and be but on I, the be on the lookout for boogeyman versus uh, uh, what was that boogeyman versus uh, Saturn and Moppy shirts. coming yes, out soon. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Again, Pro Wrestling Tees is not a sponsor of ours. We're just uh, we're just giving them a little bit of uh, free love, uh, just so that uh, that the world knows you can get gimmick T-shirts. Uh, yeah, on and, their website. and it, also so. it's to uh, just to to pay some uh, pay some homage to uh, these guys that may not uh, may not be making huge checks every day, and they exactly. get a little to grease their pockets a little exactly. bit. Exactly. 
exactly. You know, they do a lot to, to entertain us. So let's do something to help them out. Absolutely. So, um, again, very successful. Uh, once again, reminder to, to all you uh, folks that are listening out there to, uh, to follow us on the social, uh, D kick basement on X Twitter, um, follow rate, subscribe, review the show. Uh, tell us how much you thought this was a stupid concept or a great concept. Uh, when we come back, uh, for our next set of shows, uh, who knows? Like, I don't think we're going to do another tournament cause that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of work, but, uh, I think I, my suggestion, I think we go and have some more fun doing some trivia. I think we had the idea I was going to say um, for wrestler D there's another round of trivia that, uh, that needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, where I think Tommy and I have to go head to head, and Matt's got to write oh, questions. Boy. So, uh, I'm gonna go Jeopardy style for this one, Matt. You don't do a lot of research. Oh, oh I know. I'm gonna, it's just, I'm gonna bite something off the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like every, just like every, just like every gimmick in the indies right now. Typical Matt fashion. So, what I'm gonna do is the first Google uh, search. For wrestling trivia, I'm gonna memorize that, and I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> I go to page. I go right to page seven. Tom. That's so it. I go right to page seven. That's that's the one. Um, uh, by the right, way, like folks. real quick, uh, uh, homework for uh, for anybody out there. Uh, watch a little bit of nineteen, like kind of late nineteen ninety four, uh, maybe the fall of nineteen ninety four uh, ECW, and go back and watch. Uh, Matt Bourne, born again. Born again, is a takeoff on the Doink the Clown gimmick uh, in ECW, and shit, it's fucking it. It's some brilliant stuff that probably, if he didn't get fired for doing drugs in '93, certainly would have been part of his character uh, if he stayed with the WWF. Um, so check out uh, some of those matches and promos where uh, Matt Bourne is born again. Uh, Can I give some homework too? Yes, please. <laughs> Mike, you're gonna hate me for this one. <laughs> you say you say uh, test. NXT 2014. Uh, there's an episode of NXT featuring uh, Emma and Santino against uh, uh, Fandango and Summer Rae. You know what? I think you've brought this up before, and no, it, just, it was just me and you talking. Okay, all right. And he's doing the Cobra. <laughs> And she's doing it's the, the com- zoom the comedy style stuff. It's it's really good. Um, they they do those those high fives where they they they're pegging each other in, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Santino does the roll across the ring, roll back across. It's it's really good. Okay. It's it's the classic wrestling stuff. It was it's pretty funny. Give it a watch. All right. Okay, and uh, if we're also doing um, we're also doing homework. Uh, Uncensored 1996, The Booty Man versus Diamond Dallas Page. Please go watch that. <laughs> oh, let's, let's, oh, God. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, I think that, that sums it up. Uh, we've, we've, we've poisoned you with, uh, with some extra homework to do. But um, again, uh, a lot of fun. So, uh, so for the boys, for Tommy, for Matt, and for me, Mike Madden, uh, hope you all have a great night and, uh, We look forward to uh, entertaining you in the future.